Hello folks, it's Rico, and this is another episode of Treks and Sci-Fi, your weekly dose of geeky goodness. It is March 21st, 2021. That's a lot of 21s. Yes. And today is show 812, right? 812? I'm asking you. <laughs> uh, I look literally a minute ago before I start recording, and, and you know, it's it's so weird. It's... Well, it's it's also the okay. Let's get going and let's do this because it's Sunday morning. And also, you know, how, how to open the show a little different, but not too different. People like the things the same, don't they? I do. Anyway, I don't know why I rambled on about that, but today we are going to. I am going to, and you're going to listen. If you've downloaded this and are listening already, then that must be what you want to do. Boy, I'm in a goofy mood today. <laughs> Uh, between time changes, almost maybe, maybe COVID's getting to be done. But um, anyway, uh, no. So today we are going to do what I call kind of a classic show. I am going to do uh, and cover the second episode of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, we um, I did the first one about a month ago, and that was fun. Hadn't done a Star Trek commentary thing in a while. So I'm going to do the second Discovery episode that's now on Paramount Plus, right? Although I think Star Trek, um, no, no, you can't see Discovery on anything but Paramount Plus. I was thinking about the other series, you know, like the original Next Gen and all that. I think those are still on other other streaming services in your neighborhood, as they say. But that's going to be the main topic. Topic? What what kind of accent is that? I don't know. Uh, like I said, sorry, goofy. I will talk uh, a little bit about some other things, uh, briefly about the Zack Snyder uh, Justice League thing, but uh, I've got, uh, I'm going to do a full show about that next weekend with my buddy Chris, which I was going to announce, going to, uh, going to announce, boy, okay, this is the worst intro ever, I apologize. I was going to say, that, talk about that during the show, and I probably still will, but we'll touch on that briefly, some other things, new stuff that's being come out on TV, and yeah, a whole bunch more. That's about it. Let's do this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. All right, again, welcome to the show, everyone. Really appreciate you joining me. Uh, had a fun time last week with uh, the Patreon uh, folks. Talked about a variety of things. Uh, if you want to support Treks in Sci-Fi, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Treks in Sci-Fi. And I very much appreciate everyone who does that. We try to do a Skype show every, yes, I still use Skype. I don't really mind Skype. I, I don't know. Everyone's like anti-Skype. Uh, it's, it's, it works. It's fine. I don't know. I never really have much of a trouble, much of a problem with it, I, I guess. Although I'm assuming at some point it's going to disappear or go away, I think, right? In favor of Microsoft Teams or whatever else. And we've got Zoom now and all, but, um, when I, when I still hear Zoom, I think about the Flash. Uh, anyway, all right. So, but yeah, that was fun show to do last weekend. But if you want to support the show, patreon.com forward slash Treks and Sci-Fi, a couple of dollars a month. If you enjoy the podcast each week, uh, you know, hey, you might want to think about it. Uh, that's, that's the biggest, hardest sell I'll ever do. <laughs> so I, I do appreciate those that do that and have done for a long, long time. As I've said before, I, I, I do the same shows that I listen to, I, I donate to as well. So that that is what makes this happen and supports things. That's how the world works. The You know, everybody wants everything, I guess, sort of free, but it isn't. It isn't free. There's a, there's a shocker. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I probably, I mean, I had done the show year for years, literally just, you know, without doing Patreon or anything and some PayPal donations, but... You know, would I still do it if nothing came in anymore? Yeah, I would probably still do it. I, I don't have a, a huge amount of overhead. But anyway, thank you for those that do. 
So what's been going on in the world? Is everyone getting their vaccines? I know some shows don't talk about COVID and I don't talk about it a lot on here, but you got to bring it up in my opinion. I mean, you, you could, I guess it's the elephant in the room if you don't talk about it. I'm, I think we're getting closer here. I, I think within the next maybe few weeks, a month, I might even be able to get an appointment to get uh, my first shot here in Michigan, here in the, <laughs> apparently the the end of the line, as, as Lynn and I, my wife and I keep talking about, we're, we're the last, we're, we're the end of the line here, even though Pfizer has one of uh, a large manufacturing location here in Michigan, right, right here, you know, just churning out vaccines since this whole thing started or the whole vaccine thing. You know, so, hey, but hopefully it's working. Hopefully it's going well for folks. Uh, I occasionally still run into and see people, you know, either concerned about getting the vaccine or, or worried, you know, or thinking either they don't need it or they might have a bad reaction. You know, there's certainly probably a minuscule proportion percentage wise out there that that might have a reaction to the vaccine. But keep in mind it's pretty tiny. And even if you do, I think you got to make sure that it, you know, it is the vaccine that's actually, maybe you're just sick. Maybe you got some other problem, but most people like my mom, uh, you know, uh, several people I know personally have gotten it. Uh, My wife's mother uh, and have had literally nothing like their arm hurt a little bit for a day or two. And I know people have had other reactions, but this is the only way to solve this thing with enough people being vaccinated. That it's as simple as it comes down to as simple as that. So yeah, I I'm I would have gotten it day one. I got I got no hesitation. But anyway, um, yeah. So hopefully, I keep predicting by like you know midsummer, Fourth of July weekend, Fourth of July holiday here in the states that that we should be in pretty good shape. I think I'm still really disappointed San Diego Comic Con got canceled because I think by then we'll be pretty good. I really do, and I know they've got a plan it way in advance, and California's had it harder than others, but I'm having a hard time believing by Comic Con there is usually mid to end of July. I forget if they had a particular date this year already set. If it would have happened, but I, I just think that, I mean, why couldn't they just push it a month, you know, like do August or September or something like that, uh, rather than a whole year. I mean, we've already missed it last year and it's so weird to me because I, I didn't go to San Diego for, for a very long time. And I've gone a couple of times that I'm totally hooked. <laughs> I just, I really very much, I mean, it's just such a fun few days seeing people doing things uh, the weather's beautiful, always there, um, and, and it's, it's just great. It's just really, it's just really cool for a few days to kind of f- completely forget everything, jobs, other things in your lives, you know, and, and whatever else. Let all that stuff go and and just hang out, be a nerd, really, really enjoy this stuff. And and, and other cons are like that too, as well. You know, Austin, I've gone to with the anomaly uh, folks and and others that join us down there and maybe we'll do that maybe that'll come back later this year uh in in Texas you know maybe me cuz that's usually in the fall like uh, November so who knows who knows but um certainly by 2022 right we should be okay um but um yeah so enough about that uh, let's talk Briefly, I don't want to spend a lot of time, as I usually say. We're going to cover the whole Discovery episode, which is probably usually like their 42, 43 minutes or so. So I'll try to talk no more than maybe 15 to 20, but shoot for about 15 so that I got about seven minutes more. The um, other thing I always like to talk about at the beginning of the show is stuff that I've been enjoying and watching. And obviously the Snyder Cut thing, the Justice League four-hour epic (laughs) You know, Zack Snyder, people know kind of, I think, the background here, you know, that other because he had uh, his his daughter had passed away, you know, that he couldn't finish the original Justice League movie. And Joss Whedon was brought in and Joss Whedon's got all kinds of stuff in the news lately. I'm not going to say anything much about it, but I'm not going to talk too much about this, because like I, I said earlier at the beginning of the show, uh, Chris and I, uh, who's been on here before, of course, we talked the other day, texted a little, and decided, hey, let's do a let's do a show about uh, Snyder Cut or Justice League. Both talk a little bit about maybe what was changed, what wasn't changed, what we thought about it, um, 
So I think we've decided to do that next weekend, give people another week to see it. Uh, let us sort of digest it a bit more. I'm tempted to kind of go back now and watch the original. Uh, I guess you can call it the original, the first version, uh, because I hadn't watched it in a while. I know some people watched it just before watching this version, but uh, I'm tempted to do that. But my, my quick impression, and no spoilers at all, but I, I really liked it. I mean, I'm a comic book guy. I love uh, the Justice League characters. And I, this obviously added a lot of more meat on the bone, a lot more story, a lot more character stuff. So again, I won't talk too much, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, there are a lot of people out there who, you know, basically are saying, ah, the first movie sucked and this wasn't much better. You know, I've, I've seen that a little bit, but it, overall it seems to be getting pretty positive feedback and reviews from the fans, from critics and things, uh, and, and so forth. So, so I, I, I'm not I'm not seeing a ton of people saying, oh, it's it's crap or whatever. Yeah. So and that I kind of expected. I, I, I mean, I think I think anytime you enhance or add to a film, I, I think that that's a good thing. Although my one exception to that is those Hobbit movies <laughs> by uh, Peter Jackson. Um, it was too much. It was just I mean, they were cool and all. And, and I, I watched them all. But I just thought it just was a bit of a slog, especially for somebody who's familiar and has read the Hobbit book. I mean, I get adding something, adding things in a bit, you know, whatever. I kept thinking two movies would have been okay for that. Three just seemed like, oh my gosh, really? Um, yeah, so Lord of the Rings, fine. Extended cuts of those, all that stuff. I mean, those, those are epic books. A lot of detail there, but um, The Hobbit just was too much. Uh, most of the time when I see extended cuts in general, I'm pretty happy with them. I don't feel like they've, you know, oh, they don't need this, you you know. And then you could always make a little bit of a debate about that. But but the uh, I, I enjoy movies. I obviously enjoy TV movies and so forth. So I'm not... I don't mind longer things. I, I really don't. So uh, I know some people find that difficult but then people will sit down and watch a, a series on netflix that comes out on a friday and watch it like all, sit down all saturday and watch it for like 10 hours straight or so so i don't understand if anyone's saying that oh this is so long how can you do it for one most everybody's watching it at home it's not even out in theaters for the the snyder cut thing so you can take breaks it's got chapter kind of breaks in the movie already built in so I did that actually. I take a, I took a bit of a break about halfway through it just because it was. I watched a little before dinner uh, that day it came out, and, and then I watched the rest after. So, uh, but yeah, it was good. We'll talk more next weekend about that. What else am I watching? Uh, I watched the. It was non sci-fi, but I watched a movie on Netflix last night called Ava, with uh, Jessica. Is that her name? Jessica Chastain. Uh, I, I always get her confused with Bryce Dallas Howard. Because I swear they look the same. They both have that red hair and kind of pale complexion. Um, I know they're, they're not, obviously. and uh, But um, it was called Ava, and she's sort of like a, a hit woman. Uh, and, and you can tell that all from the previews. Uh, but, um, yeah, John Malkovich was in it. Uh, and, uh, you know, some other people that you'll, you know, be familiar with. But um, it was pretty good. It was kind of, you know... It wasn't really deep. There was, you know, some pretty good action, that kind of thing. I was looking for something like that last night. I was kind of in the mood for that. So not sci-fi. Um, I kind of felt like it was sort of like this is a real bit of a, a bit of a stretch, but it was a bit like um, female John Wick be because the fights and stuff they get into in these, it's kind of like how much punishment John Wick takes and just keeps on going. You know, she gets beat up pretty good in this movie uh, a few times. So, but yeah, so on the, on the TV front though, we've got flash, we've got the Superman series, both good flash has now been back. What is it? A couple of weeks, two or three episodes we've had. I think uh, that's fun to be back. Still watching Batwoman. Ugh, I, I just, I don't know why I, I, uh, I keep hoping it gets a bit better. It's just I'm not really liking the new character very much. I've talked about it before. They're, they're the new actress uh, in the role. And, and I just find almost every episode something kind of what I 
consider kind of dumb happens that it just it kind of just doesn't work for me but i'm still watching yeah it's a tough one because it's it's um i don't know i don't know it's just not that great <laughs> to me at least i know other people might be enjoying it more i don't know but um yeah that's how i feel the still working my way through warrior nun got maybe three episodes left three or four something like that uh for all mankind i'm almost finally done with season one season two i'm looking forward to getting onto that on apple uh, tv uh that's the the show about the um Russians beating us to the moon and kind of a rewriting of the space, you know, space exploration history. And uh, I think I've talked, oh, I've t- definitely talked about it before, but I think one of the main points of this show is that it's driving the U.S. to do more, to, to do more on the moon, to do more in space by having this sort of competition in a way with the Russians. And I, I think that's an interesting concept. I, 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 I like that. And uh, American Gods, I'm enjoying quite a bit. That's a, that's a wild, crazy show. It's um, got, I think, two episodes. Still got to watch last week's episode, and I think there's one more. Uh, Resident Alien with Alan Tudyk just got renewed. There's like two episodes of that left for the season that got renewed for a second season on Sci-Fi, which is great. Happy to hear that or see that. I'm really uh, happy about that. A Discovery of Witches season two. I'm watching also uh, that. Uh, I like it. I like the actors, but it's so weird watching it, especially since I just read that book of the way they sort of jumble things around a bit and, and how quickly it moves. It's um, I'm, I keep wondering about that show. I, I don't know anyone out there. If anyone is, email me treksf at gmail.com. I would really be interested if anybody's watching that show but has not read the book because I, I, I just feel like it, it's, it's very, very – they're just scratching the surface of a lot of these things. Uh, and, and then the way they, they kind of do it is a little different too versus what things they're showing and what things they're not showing. Um, but it's I, – I like it still. I, I, I thought the I thought the – I enjoyed this first book, I think, more than the second. I still got to read the third book in the trilogy, and I, I'm assuming they're going to do another series to finish it up. But um, I don't know. What else am I – I'm watching that Debris show on NBC. I mentioned that briefly. It's okay. It's a bit X-Files-ish. Uh, you got two people, a man and a woman, partnering uh, about this um, – it's supposed to be about this alien spacecraft and – bits of it falling to earth, uh, and how it's affecting things and affecting people. Um, it's interesting. I, I, it's, it's very kind of low key. And, and I also have this just nagging suspicion that this will, will go a season and then, um, it'll end. It's like that. Um, and I, I can't even remember the name of it right now. Um, the one that, that, um, about the, uh, kind of, uh, computer intelligence that was trying to take over the world that was on last uh, year uh, in the spring summer, right? Uh, but uh, with John, uh, what's the guy's name? Oh my gosh, I'm terribly blanking. Hang on, I'm going to pause here for a second. Uh, yes, it was called uh, uh, Next with John Slattery, right? Uh, from Mad Men, has been in the Marvel movies and all that. So, yeah, Next. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this this debris show, I just keep feeling like it's gonna be the this year's next where it's gonna get canceled. But um, yeah, so that, I think that covers most of what I'm watching. Still working my way through the Sabrina show on Netflix, uh, which is pretty good. It's not a it's not great. It's okay, and uh, which isn't really a great. Uh, you know, if you like those characters, oh Riverdale's back too on um, on the CW, but. Uh, yeah, if you like those characters. Oh, the other big show that came out. Oh, almost completely forgot about this. I don't know why I forgot about it. I was I was headed in my head to talk. Falcon and Winter Soldier, episode one, showed up on um, the uh, Disney Plus on Friday. Yeah, so we got to watch um, Snyder Cut on Thursday and that on Friday. Yeah, I really like the Falcon and Winter Soldier. A lot of action, uh, especially in the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Uh, really interesting work with the characters. The story's kind of already getting set up. It's only going to be six episodes. This was about a 40, 
It's about our average TV show length for an episode, like 42, 43 minutes, I think, minus commercials. Um, or with commercials, it would have been longer, right? So it was like 47 or something. I don't know. Or did I say commercials? I'm sorry. Totally mean um, credits, the end credits, which seem to be really long for these Marvel shows. Uh, <clears throat> but um, anyway, so... Yeah, it was really good. Really liked it. Uh, only five episodes left. Uh, and I'm not really sure. I mean, it, it, it seemed like with WandaVision, they obviously are going to follow up on what happened there in upcoming movies, especially the, the next Doctor Strange movie. And I'm assuming Falcon Winter Soldier is going to be the same, where it's going to lead into how these characters are in uh, subsequent movies. I'm not sure if any of these series are really meant to be like if there's going to be another series with these exact same characters or anything, they probably will maybe at some point show up again sometime in another series. Uh, who knows? Marvel. Marvel's really good about keeping all this stuff interconnected. I, I like that. Uh, I feel like that's the way to go, especially in, in these comic book things and franchises. But all right, I'm 20 minutes in. I got to stop. Let's get into the <laughs> let's get into the second episode of Star Trek Discovery and um, the battle of the binary, the, the battle of the at the binary stars, or of the at the binary stars, right? That's what it's called. Yes, this will be. It's a lot of battle, obviously, by the title. So, be a lot of action and stuff. But I'll try to slide in some comments as we go and, and talk a little bit about it. And uh, I think it'll be fun. So, stand by. That's coming up next. All right, uh, here we go with Battle at the Binary Stars. This is mutiny. Move through. We're locked on. Fire. Delay that order. Captain, please. I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to save all of you. Stand down. Captain, incoming. Your signature's detected. So this is at the uh, at the binary stars. All the Klingons popping in here. Michael Burnham had sort of mutinied, basically mutinied, and wanted to fire at them because she knew that kind of giving them a bloody nose was what you needed to do. Now we're doing a little bit of a flashback here. See you again. Thank you for receiving us, Captain Giordano. The pleasure is ours. As discussed, this is my ward, Michael Burnham. Hello, Michael. Welcome to the USS Saint Joe. And congratulations on your recent commencement. Respect is earned, as is friendliness. Yet, diplomatic niceties must be observed. This is hardly a negotiation. First contact, then. The only human to attend the Vulcan Learning Center and Science Academy rejoins her own kind. You can see my analogy, more or less. Less. I will leave you now. Live long and prosper. Behave. I think it's interesting. Sarek is sort of almost more human than, than Michael. On Vulcan, lateral vector transporter technology has been discarded due to the massive amount of power it requires. Starfleet has phased out the design as well. Sunjo is old, but she gets us where we need to go. Is this vessel not up to your standards? I have no standards when it comes to this ship. It was always my intention to join the Vulcan Expeditionary Group. Sometimes the universe allows for the making of unexpected memories. Emotional platitudes are not what I was hoping for. <laughs> well, you've really been away from humans for a long time. I'd say you're too confident for your own good, but I've seen your record. As I have seen yours. And your confidence is justified. As is yours. Ready to see your new home? Captain on the bridge? Not too shabby, huh? So it's interesting during this battle that's starting, you know, Burnham is like flashing back to this point. It appears to be functional. I understand your hesitation, Michael. It's hard leaving Vulcan and everything you've known behind. But I assure you, 
This can be your new home if you want it to be. Thank you. Captain? How many Klingon vessels have entered the system? Tracking. 24, Captain. The Klingon High Council consists of 24 houses. That can't be a coincidence. The number of ships. It suggests that someone is attempting to unify the Empire again. Against us. Commander Burnham, you have endangered your vessel and your shipmates. You have attacked a superior officer. You violated the chain of command. You are relieved of duty. Security, remind her to the brig. Yes, Captain. So I think I said in the uh, first one I did of this, I'm going to dial this down a little bit. The opening theme credits. I still think it's weird and, and, and like, you know, she's kind of right, though, right? Based on what the Vulcans and Sarek told her, you know, hitting the Klingons first is the way to, way to play this. I guess there's a book out there where sort of an alternate universe, mirror universe version. Let me see if I can find the name of it here. It's called uh, David Mack Did It Desperate Hours. Maybe I've read that. I think I did read that. Uh, but um, where they maybe made a different decision here, I guess. I don't remember that part of the book, though, truthfully. Anyway, this one, let's get back to the episode. So Battle of the Binary Stars. The big thing about this was the... This was the first episode on CBS All Access. They, they released the first episode, the very first episode of Vulcan Hello was released on CBS itself. And then their, their little way of promoting it or marketing it was, okay, now to watch the rest of the season, tune over to uh, CBS All Access and sign up for that. And then you can watch it. So that it was on the same night. It was first aired on the 24th of September 2017. And, yeah, so... Let's go back to the episode now. And the one who sent it ignores my presence. We're talking about Kalish. Your leader delays me from my voyage. Why? What threat to the Empire is there? Bring your leader at once. Do not waste not. any more of my time. My voyage. No one speaks of my duty or my honor. Show respect to Kuvma. You are nothing. This is where he's trying to get all the houses together. Yeah, seat on this council. I'm missing some of the lines. And yet I am the one who leads the way to our empire's salvation. Now they're flashing back to, as a child, my destiny was illuminated by the light of Kalis. The ship belonged to my father. Upon his death, it lay abandoned until I discovered it and vowed to restore honor to my house. So Takuvma was was a kind of picked on as a kid, <laughs> just like kind of Michael Burnham. You will show my house respect. What I find it's interesting about the Klingons here, well, they're kids. There's no honor without unity. It's like a bunch of them ganging up on this one. There is no home until it is shared by all. He says, it's "Like don't Klingons." You wouldn't gang up on a kid, yet you disgrace this ship. So now we're back in the present. Without, without cast and vermin. Look around. This holy vessel soars once again because of my lord. He has even devised a way to hide it behind a cloak of invisibility. My house is open to all. Including those discarded by you, Cole. But my house is bonded by a single doctrine. Remain Klingon. 
We are done listening to this fool. The house of Degor will hear more. As will the house Mokai. Oh, well, some of you, I guess, like what he's saying. One day soon, I will put you back in your place, Tukufla. How do you propose to unite us? Question. We have become complacent in the time since we last battled. The Federation at Dunata 5, sorry, our purity is a threat to them. They wish to drag us into the muck where humans, Vulcans, Tellarites, and filthy Andorians mix. Ah, the original founders of the Federation. Their ship is but a fleck. What threat does one ship pose? Great leaders, everything I say will come to pass. Look to the stars. Our destiny has arrived. So now there's a whole bunch of other Federation ships popping in. Which some of these, I guess, they use alternate designs that when they were coming up with the Shenzhou and, and the Discovery designs, they... They use some uh, alternate designs for some of these other ships. You don't really get a great look at a lot of them. It's pretty quick. During some of the battle, you will. Unidentified Klingon vessel. This is Captain Philippa Jojo of the USS Senjo. We are on the outermost borders of Federation space. But make no mistake, you and your artifact are in our territory. We regret the situation has resulted in the death of your warrior. We offer you two choices. Leave immediately or open a dialogue with us. Hopefully it is the latter so that we can re-engage with the Klingon Empire and prove to you that now, as always, we come here, in peace. Here comes their lie. They come to and destroy our individuality. Shall we rise up together and give them the fight they deserve? Remain Klingon. Fire. So they're getting blasted pretty bad here to start with. So one thing I always think about these things when, I, when I'm watching a space battle like this is like, you can just leave, regroup, you know, like, you don't need to sit there and blast at each other. The USS Diplanahath is under heavy attack from three. I mean, I guess it's Federation space, so technically you're defending it. What are you actually defending? What are they trying to take? Space? Bases armed and ready, Captain. Locking on target. Fire! So now we show Burnham down in the brig. How badly have we been hit? Which is really huge when you, you think about how big this brig. brig is. Query denied. Who's there? Where are the medical officers? Connor, what happened? The bridge was hit. Who else was hurt? Is, is the captain all right? She told me to go to sick bay. But this isn't sick bay. We're at war. You should be on the bridge. I can't help. I'm locked up for a mutiny. Why are we fighting? We're Starfleet. We're explorers, not soldiers. Connor, you took a blow to the head. Activate that comm panel and call Dr. Nambu. Yes, I need help. Ah! 
so right when he was talking to Burnham there, a blast happened and, and ripped out part of the ship and poor Connor went out into space. And now, uh, Michael, Burnham is flashing Michael. back and she got knocked out and she's thinking back to this uh, attack on the Vulcan learning center that she's on. Sarek's there next to her, and he's uh, going to mind My meld mind with her. Your mind. Really like the guy here that they got to play Sarek. He's he's, thoughts, he's got a lot thoughts. of personality, you know. I've always think it's to me. it's a tricky role to play when you're playing a Vulcan. You know, Leonard Nimoy used to always say it's not suppressing. Sorry, it's not uh, having no emotions. It's showing that you're Major suppressing emotions. Major hull breach. Deck one. Deck three. Deck six. Deck seven. So this is a cool scene where we're basically the force field, I think, is essentially around the brig for Burnham. Pretty much saved her life there. The rest of the, the ship in that, in that side of the uh, Shenzhou is all ripped apart by the blast. Ship's taking a pounding here. Status. Additional hull breaches, decks one, three, and six through... Nine. Shield at 15%. Diverting main power from compromised decks to the bridge. Containment field failure is imminent. All repair personnel evacuate immediately. Anyway, so yeah, I like the guy playing uh, Sarek quite a bit. James Fran. Uh, I think he's really great. Kenneth Mitchell is Cole. Takuvma is Chris Obi. Uh, yeah. Sarek. How is it possible? A mind melt across a thousand light years. More than a mind melt. Ever since you were a child. Ever since the bombing at the learning center. An act of terror that forever changed your destiny. A part of me, my Katra, has been with you. It also allows us this unique form of connection. I see by your imprisonment that my counsel concerning the Klingons did not yield the results you hoped for. I couldn't convince Captain Giorgio to strike the Klingons first, so I took matters into my own hands. You're disappointed, as you should be. I did not come here to judge your actions. I came because I sensed your despair. What's so they wrong? have this link between in this manner. The physical cost is significant. Then leave me, please. Do you think I came here just to say farewell? I would not put my well-being at risk of such sentimentality. The death and destruction raining down on Starfleet, that was to be expected. What I cannot abide is a waste of resources. You're gifted. You're brave. You must do better. Because I know you can. You were never one to bolster my self-esteem. Basically, get, pick yourself up. Perhaps that is where I failed you. No matter your shame, gather your strength. Find a way to help those who need you. Live long and prosper. So she was kind of sitting down before Sark kind of melded across the light years and now she's getting picking herself up trying to figure out how to get out of this. Incoming warship on attack vector. They've locked onto us. Divert all power from non-essential systems to the aft shields. So they got a little blast on the bridge there which blew out some of the <laughs> blew out some of the side of the ship. They're pretty much floating now. Losing power. They're in uh, they're in a bad way. Yes, Captain. Emergency force field is holding. But shields and impulse engines are offline. We're completely disabled. 
They're still coming. Right behind us. Weapons hot. The Klingon warship peeled off. Why didn't they finish us? I don't need to. Captain. We are being sucked into the binary star debris ring. The gravitational field is pulling us in. Fire reverse thrusters. They're not responding, Captain. Shields are still offline. This is a cool scene because of the, the binary stars and the accretion like, ring and all. All hands. This is the captain. Prepare to evacuate. So they just got grabbed by a uh, tractor beam. From the USS Europa. Incoming transmission from the Europa. Thank you for the assist with that tractor beam, Admiral. What the hell happened, Philippa? We hailed. They fired. The Senjok, Clark, and Jaeger are down on our side. We've sustained heavy casualties. From the looks of it, so have they. Maybe they're ready to come to the table. Open a channel to the Klingon flagship. Attention, Klingon leader. I am Admiral Red Anderson. I speak with the authority of the entire Federation when I propose a ceasefire so that we might resolve this conflict with no further bloodshed. Begin transmission. Admiral, I am. I am pleased you are here. We have been waiting for someone worthy of our attention. Your offer of a ceasefire is accepted. Good. Because we're fighting, we're not talking. Prepare to receive my envoy. We'll get ready for your arrival. Lest anyone doubt that I can render my own vessels invisible. Let's end this so we can get. What was that? The Europa has disengaged. What's going on? I can't explain it, Captain. It, it, there's an unknown energy source disrupting our scanners. Get me visuals. So Takuma basically rammed the Europa with his ship. antimatter container breach on the Europa. They're going to self-destruct. Shields up to 47%. Well, that ship's gone. That admiral's gone. Should have listened to uh, Burnham, maybe, huh? I still think. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't a little bit. Like, she kind of knew the Klingons. I mean, we have suffered losses. But the Federation has suffered far more. Leaders return to Kronos, declare far and wide that the Klingon race fights as a united empire once again. Open your hearts. Who delivered this? Follow the light. Follow Takuvma. 
Tukuvma, the unforgettable. Tukuvma. I still don't like these Klingons. The, the, you know, their outfits. I don't mind the makeup actually. Them keep changing every time you turn around. The Klingon makeup gets changed, but. Hold but one. The Klingon flagship is hailing. They're broadcasting on all open subspace bands. Members of the Federation, what you call your most remote borders, I call too close to Klingon territory. You only live now to serve as witnesses of Klingon supremacy, to be my herald. We do not desire to know you, but you will know our great houses, standing as one under Kalish, reborn in me, Tukuma. Computer, implement steps of Brig emergency evacuation protocol. Denied. Ethical protocols state prisoner evacuation to occur in life-saving circumstances only. This is a life-saving circumstance. I'm going to die in here unless you let me out. Speculation. Request to engage ethical protocols denied. How long before my cell's containment field fails? Approximately eight minutes. At which point I will die. Confirm? Confirmed. Is the corridor outside the brig undamaged and still pressurized? Affirmative. Then getting from my cell through the blast door and into the corridor ensures my survival. Negative. Exposure to the vacuum of space for over 15 seconds would result in respiratory distress, shock, and suffocation before you're able it's to a reach chance, blast though. door. But if you open a meter-sized hole in the containment field, the rapid depressurization will shoot me through to the blast door in less than six seconds. Affirmative, but you will be unable to open the door in your inhibited physical state. Then ethically, you should open the door for me. Working. Request confirmed. Ethical protocols engaged. Chance for survival estimated at 43%. I'll take it. Depressurization commencing now. Yeah, another little trip through space like they do love to do on these shows these All days. Is based on deception. When you're able to attack, you must seem unable. Sun Tzu. I recognize the quote. But I fear we are deceiving no one. We are most definitely unable to attack. We have no weapons, no warp. No counter move at all. The Klingons have us. The Federation ships are hiding. We're scattered in pieces. They pose no threat. Then the fight is won. Yes. We have photon torpedoes. No, we can't fire them, but we can load the warheads onto a transport, one small enough to evade their primary sensors. Upon impact, we can deliver a kill shot directly into their hull. And are dead? Question mark. They float, untethered in the battlefield, soon to be lost. Task everyone with retrieving them. I will prepare each of the slain for entombment with my own hands. We'll use the worker bee to carry the torpedo. It's small enough to be mistaken for debris. Be ready in 10 minutes. I will also run an analysis to determine blast sites for optimum damage. Make it hurt, Saru. Well, there is one problem, Captain. Our worker bees have no autopilot. And our transporter can't penetrate their shields. We won't need it. I'll be driving. Captain, that's a suicide mission. Your priority is getting impulse engines back online so that you can get the Senjor out of here before I detonate the warheads. To prove my lord Starfleet to a massacre. It's time I repaid him. Well, now you're gonna fire. Captain, okay. You can't do that. Takuvma has anointed himself the next Klingon messiah. If you kill him, you make him a martyr. Someone they can fight for endlessly. It might even be what he wants. But if you capture him, you make him a symbol of defeat, of shame. And if you take him as a prisoner of war, where you give the Federation leverage to sue for peace. How yep, could you have done she's this? right. 
I believed it was the only way to avoid a full-scale war. When you first came aboard seven years ago, I worried your Vulcan training might someday trump your humanity. Do you know why Sarek asked me to take you on? I was a human who had seen a life of loss, but still chose hope. What an ego I had. Thinking I could pick away the shell the Vulcans put around you. I was so sure I could do it. Even convinced that you were ready for the captain's chair. For some reason, I thought Burnham was more hurt by being out in space than she shows here. I think I knew you so little. <laughs> She's pretty much fine. Want to know how I turned I thought she on got you? hurt a little bit more the first time. It's been a while since I, I saw this. Saving you and you the know, crew. Some burns on her skin from it's the cold and than stuff. Starfleet's principles. Was it logical? Emotional? I don't know. So I never did say early on. Let me deliver the warheads in your place. This is a um, teleplay by Gretchen, Gretchen Berg and Aaron Harberts. Uh, story by Brian Fuller, directed by Adam Kane. So, yeah. They're gathering their dead. You see all these multiple, like, green, uh, green tractor beams to gather these the dead bodies that were sort of along the surface of their hull, which is like a weird place to put them anyway. Saru, forget the war could be. Captain. Just pull up the transporters now and have engineering meters there with a torpedo warhead. I know how we take it. Warrior who dies in his sleep so weak. is no more than flesh and bone. Tactical advises that they have coordinates on a slain Klingon officer. A warrior who perishes honorably in battle is blessed. So Saru pulled out this. Uh, core of this photon torpedo small little sphere thing give it in defense of our race and comfort in the knowledge that new life awaits in stova core so basically they, they beamed the little warhead like on, next to or on top of like somebody's body so that their tractor beam would, would pull it in uh, that's pretty tricky and stand back and watch about the black fleet forever so that Basically, the, the sort of no neck of the Klingon ship, Klingon ship got blown up. They're drifting. Their shields are down. I'll beam you to an area with minimal Klingon life signs. So Burnham and Giorgio are beaming over. Energize. So now we've got two fights going on, Burnham and Cole and uh, Giorgio and Kukuma. I guess during this fight the guy who's playing Tukuma fighting Michelle Yeoh is like running around and saying, 
Um, I can beat up Michelle Yeoh, who's a martial arts expert. So I just noticed something there. So Takuma stabs Giorgio and and Burnham a second later flips her phaser from stun to kill. I never Burnham, noticed I've that before. Life sign. Burnham? She could Burnham. have stunned Takuma, but she killed him. I can't transport her without a life sign. I'm not leaving without her body. More Klingons are coming. Burnham, if she's deceased and you're in danger, I have no choice. Noticed that before. There's a little switch on the phaser. Your life will be remembered forever by all Klingons. Your death will be a cause to unite us all. Do you hear that? So it's coal over kind of Takuma's body. No, my lord, the words we said as children. In Kayla's honor. Whom do we seek? Question. Kalis. How do we find him? Together. Give us light to see. Forever. Will he hide from us always? No. Never. So Takuma is dead. Burnham did what basically she said she sh no one should do. The Shenzhou is the shooting off all of its escape pods. To the charge of assaulting a fellow officer. To the charge of mutiny. To all these charges, how do you plead? The accused cannot be heard. Guilty on all counts. Is there anything you would like to say in your defense before a sentence is rendered? I like that it's so dark in here. It's... From my youth on Vulcan, I was raised to believe that service was my purpose. And I carried that conviction to Starfleet. I dreamed of a day when I would command my own vessel and further the noble objectives of this great institution. That dream is over. The only ship I know in ruins. My crew. our ruling that the defendant, Commander Michael Burnham, be stripped of rank and hereby sentenced to imprisonment for life. Yeah, not so much life. Not so much. Yeah, so there you go. Dial us down the music a little bit. There we go. Battle at the Binary Star, second episode of Star Trek Disco, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, I really like it. And uh, and I think I caught that. I'm going to read over in Memory Alpha here real quick. Um, 
Yeah, they don't make a big point out of her of her uh, flipping from stun to kill uh, on her phaser, but there's a little blue light on the phasers when they first beam in on the back of them, and they're stunning all these people. They're, they're just dropping. They're not killing them. And it kind of typically looks like the stun kind of thing they do with phasers. And then um, and then when she's aiming at Takuvma right after uh, Giorgio gets killed, she, she quickly flips it, and then you get this little red light on the phaser, and, and you can see when she shoots Takuvma, a hole hits, you know, he basically gets a hole blasted through him from the phaser. So I just think that's interesting, you know, her being, you know, raised on Vulcan and all that stuff. And, and she made this big point out of, you know, killing Takuvma will, will, will make him a martyr, and, and which it kind of does. But she, she does exactly what she's not. She's, she's saying you, sh you shouldn't do and you can't do. But when she sees, when she sees Giorgio killed by this guy, she just can't help herself. So, I mean, I kind of can understand that. But um, I just hadn't noticed that before that she could have just, she could have just stunned him and captured him anyway. Right? She could have just stunned and, and beamed out of there and everything would have been, you know, well, Giorgio would have been dead, but they would have had their prisoner like they wanted. So, yeah, interesting. And, and who knows how, would she have been court-martialed if she had, in that split second, made a different different decision? You know, of course, we all know now we're three seasons into Discovery, and the, uh, you know, she doesn't stay in the, you know, she doesn't stay locked up for very long. An episode or so, you know, life in prison. Except not. Uh, yeah, but uh, we all knew that anyway. I mean, uh, you're not going to make a Star Trek show, and she's the basically uh, lead character and have her just be working in the working in the mines on wherever wherever Starfleet prisoners go, you know. I've always kind of thought it funny about that too, in a way. I mean, yeah, she she did commit commit mutiny. She betrayed her captain, her ship, and all of that. But uh, honestly, in the future, you would think uh, to lock someone up for life. What is the purpose of that? It's it's not to get into a whole side thing, but I you know it's like even prisons today. The you know the general thing. I mean, it's it, prisons are thought of as a punishment, right, for crime, but they're also thought of as sometimes with uh, certain criminals are are dangerous to society or to whatever, so they have to keep them locked away. I'm I mean, obviously she gets this reprieve in discovery and due to her, what she's, you know, her talents and what she's capable of. And we know what happens in the second season and all that. But I've always found it interesting that, you know, like, is that really a good, you know, like, I mean, she's fairly young. She'd be, people live in that age, you know, she would have been like a, another hundred years locked up. I mean, that, that would have been, wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So I think we're just going to wrap things up today uh, at this point. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed my earlier uh, ramblings, as always. Not always ramblings. They're not ramblings. They're very important things, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So there is uh, another Disco episode. Maybe we'll bounce over to um, doing something else like a TNG or Deep Space Nine, or maybe even we'll do the first episode of Picard. We'll see. We'll see what I feel like in a month, another month or so. I'll try to keep sliding in these commentary episodes when I can. But, um, yeah, we'll wrap things up here today. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, I, as I mentioned earlier, next week's going to be Chris and I talking about the Zack Snyder cut. Well, probably, I would imagine, since, you know, for a whole hour-long episode, we'll probably also um, talk a little bit about his other uh, DC Universe movies, you know, like Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, right, and all that. So, um so, yeah, we'll probably be doing that as well, just so you guys are aware. Hopefully, you'll tune in for that. I think that should be a fun show to do. It's always good to have a partner to bounce things off of. Uh, I like doing solo shows. They're, in a way, easier because I can just do them whenever I feel like it. But it's always fun to do group shows or, or with a partner, and, and it's always uh, always makes it a little more interesting, and we can bounce off each other what we think about Justice League and Snyder Cut and all that. So. All right, everyone, take care of yourselves. Stay safe out there still. If you know Whether you got the vaccine or not, be careful. Be safe. Take precautions. Wear masks. Do all that good stuff. We're in the home stretch. Not that long, I think, at this point. We'll probably in a few months be looking back at this and say, boy, remember when we 
had that year where we couldn't do much. Remember that? So, uh, but uh, anyway, all right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again soon. Bye. Thank